Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, we do some trending news topics in the vegan and food world. And for this episode, we are going to be diving into some TikTok food trends and how we're seeing some dangerous diet culture reflected through them, and not just TikTok trends, like general food trends on the internet. Social media, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of, this is a content warning that we will be talking about diet culture and those kinds of discussions. So we just wanted to give a heads up if anybody doesn't want to listen to this episode because of that, we completely understand. Okay, so Kat, do you want to start by explaining the trend that you saw that kind of inspired this conversation so there's this thing i can't remember when i first saw it probably like a couple weeks ago like it kind of like accelerated pretty quickly at least from my standpoint i'm not on tiktok so it could have been going for a while and i just saw it when it finally made the switch over to instagram (laughs) um but it was this thing called nature's cereal it's first of all the name in itself you already know it's going to be some sort of weird health food shaming type of thing and essentially it is people put fruit in a bowl with some water and call it nature's cereal i think i've seen some people do it with like coconut water and like ice and stuff but like that that's it it's ice fruit and water and i saw this on twitter so eventually it did also make its way to twitter as somebody reposting the tiktok and i thought it was just like a one-off parody thing somebody making fun of some weird food trend but that is the trend yeah no that 100% is the trend and like I started seeing it more so like I saw a couple serious ones but then I saw it more so from like um dietitians I follow breaking it down how this is really harmful this kind of trend like don't be afraid of cereal cereal is fine like basically just like the fear mongering of food explaining why this type of stuff can be harmful so I was seeing kind of like the better side of the trend And then, like, that's how I first kind of got introduced to it. And then I started actually looking it up and realizing how big of a thing it actually was. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And it's that, like, whole fear mongering of, like, oh, instead of having this cereal, sub it in for fruit and water because that's an adequate substitute. Mm -hmm. Like, you definitely be satisfied after that. (laughs) Yeah. And does it not just root from this whole idea that you have to have guilt around certain foods that you eat? Like, you can't just enjoy those? Yeah, it's like like it's like one of those things that are like, oh, if you're having cereal, you're being unhealthy and you're being bad. But if you do this swap, then you can pat yourself on the back because, look, you're being healthy. And it's just like this whole mindset around food being good and bad. And like, you know, like there's obvious nutritional benefits to some foods, but like there's more to food than just nutritional benefits. And like the what we do with our food can have such a huge effect on our mental well-being and how we treat food yeah like we're not we're not here to say like don't have a bowl of fruit you should definitely yeah. fruit is delicious i love it i'm not gonna add water to a bowl of fruit i don't think that, that really seems necessary yeah. we're yeah we're basically here to say like we're to kind of like talk about the idea of substituting foods because they're healthier and not because you just want to eat that food. Like there's nothing wrong with having a bowl of fruit. Eat a bowl of fruit if you want. But there's also nothing wrong with eating a bowl of cereal if that's what you want and that's what you are going to feel satisfied in that moment. Like withholding food from yourself is such a da- is, 
can bring you to such a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you start like labeling these foods as good and bad, that just like escalates all of those feelings towards it too. Yeah. And then it's not even like you think it's kind of like an initial thought. You kind of think it's harmless in the sense that like, oh, you know, this food is quote unquote bad because it doesn't have nutritional benefits. But then the dangers come too when you start labeling yourself and punishing yourself for eating quote unquote bad foods. And like that's where the dangers come and that's like inevitable even if you're even if you're like mindful of it like speaking from experience I'm very mindful of the fact the thing but it's hard to prevent it when you start talking about foods in that good versus bad mentality. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know how it is for a lot of other people but I remember listening to a podcast a couple months ago and it was these these two women discussing how they can just remember growing up and all they would hear is their moms talking about like the diets that they had to be on or like constantly trying to lose weight and everything and how they had grown up and like internalized that without even realizing it and then now like trying to unlearn that thought process yeah well it's even like like to my own experience there's like when you start quantifying foods as good versus bad you can kind of like ruin your entire relationship with food because like there would have been times where I made a sandwich like a bloated with veggies all these delicious things and then I put mayo on it and automatically like oh my god mayo is so bad the sandwich isn't healthy anymore all this stuff and like it's I was like what like what am I doing like like just it's like when you start doing those things of like mayo is bad hummus spread is good and you then it starts translating to this it's a fine sandwich. It was loaded with vegetables, all these things. And then all of a sudden I considered that whole meal just bad for me because I put like a tablespoon of mayo on my sandwich. Yeah. Or even like the bad rep that bread gets. Like, oh, Oh I had a bagel for breakfast, so I probably shouldn't have a sandwich for lunch because it's just more bread. Well, that that came out. I think we've talked about it in the in a previous podcast with that whole like cream cheese and peppers. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just like like when you start, I like again nothing wrong with that as a snack if you want peppers and cream cheese i'm sure it's delicious but when you're using it to substitute for quote unquote bad foods that's where the, it gets a little scary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even just like the all the different types of bread out there like don't get this kind of bread you have to get this kind of bread because if you're gonna have it you have to have the healthiest version of it otherwise you're like doing something wrong and only two slices of bread for your whole day don't make sure you don't eat like to your point if you had a sandwich for breakfast or a bagel you can't have a sandwich for lunch because you had your two slices of bread already it's just like food isn't supposed to be this complicated Mm -hmm. like just feed your body what it wants (laughs) yeah like is that kind of getting into that whole uh concept of intuitive eating Mm -hmm. which like intuitive eating i think in like essence there's still a lot of like I think there's a lot of misinformation of what intuitive eating is there's a lot of like there's still a lot to like hash out about what true intuitive eating is but it's the idea of just you know listening to your body if your body is craving certain foods substituting it for other foods isn't necessarily gonna help you satisfy that craving and you just kind of have to like learn how to like manage your relationship with food in a healthy way and that's kind of what intuitive eating is and it's really hard to do (laughs) yeah to just like actually listen to those things and not automatically question them and also like it doesn't help that i mean 
our generation and previous generations have had years and years and years of media and people in your lives saying you need to diet or like doctors being like oh you gained five pounds or like oh you did this and like things like that where like that stuff is hard to unlearn mm-hmm. and even things like that bmi like standard which isn't actually a good standard that most people should be following right just mm-hmm. because you fit into that category doesn't actually mean a lot to your health yeah just feels like a constant fight against misinformation which is like across so many different areas yeah which is like one of the biggest problems with social media in general is just that there is no there's no like person out there that every single person trusts to be like this is wrong this is right or like this is based on fact and this is not based on fact everyone believes what they want to believe which leads to misinformation and disinformation Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm So, like, going back to, I guess, the idea of intuitive eating and deciding what to feed your body, how do you, how do you break those patterns? Like, for me, it's been, as soon as you start noticing that those patterns exist, you can't, like, stop. Like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. I know. Like, it's even, like, I've, I, like, for the better, for this past, like, pandemic year, I feel like I've been really trying to, like, because, like, obviously, like, weight content alert like I've gained weight over the last year and that's been hard but like I feel like I've spent this year trying to unpack all of those feelings towards like weight gain and like eating healthy and all that quote-unquote healthy um and all that kind of stuff and like it is so hard to do and it's like an emotional roller coaster Mm-hmm. and I mean I feel like a lot of people are struggling with that right now too like a year into the pandemic they're like I've put on weight during this time, but it's also like we're going through a massive crisis for an entire Mm -hmm. year and your body is carrying you through that. It's okay. And like crisis on top of crisis on top of crisis, like not just one crisis. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, if we should always be like more forgiving with our bodies and not holding them to this insane standard that we always have, but especially now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like this past year, and I don't know if you would agree with that, but I feel like there's been actually a lot of like, I feel like from what I've noticed on social, there's been like one or two, not one or two, but like in general, one or two ways people have gone about this where they've, you know, really tried to hone in and focus on the like pretty toxic thoughts that society has taught us in the past. Or there's people that have really fallen back into those really toxic habits, which is very unfortunate to see. But like, easy to understand why it's happened because like it's a pandemic it's very stressful it's you there's a lot going on you kind of forget to also on top of it think about unpacking all these toxic diet culture and all this kind of stuff that society has taught you over the years so like I I don't know about you but like I find social the past year outside of all the like pandemic and like social justice crises that have been going on just like seeing the influx of like number of people talking about their weight loss journeys in a more toxic way because I think there's like I think you can talk about your weight loss journey and your health journey in a healthy way in a more balanced more I don't know what the right word is way but but like I like social media has been hard the last year seeing a lot of people talk about weight gain in a very negative light and talking about like punishing themselves and like eating less calories and turning off certain foods and like that has been tough to see. 
Mm -hmm. Because again, like it's so ingrained that that's your automatic reflex when you gain weight. Like you punish, Mm -hmm. you, you get mad at yourself and you punish yourself when you don't need to be. Yeah. Like, I I think one of the things that I've been trying to do over the last year, because, like, again, it takes for so long to, to get unpack those, like, unhealthy habits and all that kind of stuff. One of the things that I've been trying to do is, like, keep track of my, like, when I feel good and when I don't, like, personally, emotionally, physically. And honestly, like, one of the things that I've been noticing is, like, I feel the happiest when I just let my body eat whatever it wants when I let myself order pizza if I don't want to cook and I just craving pizza you know when I do this or when I eat veggies when my body's craving veggies or when I eat a sleeve of Oreos if I want to eat a sleeve of Oreos so like I've been focusing more on my like emotional health rather than like the idea of I need to make sure I'm eating healthy (laughs) yeah and that kind of like we talk about how food is so much more than just sustenance right it's about the feelings and it's about the stories and it's about the memories and so I think too for a lot of people going through this year food has also been a place of comfort either cooking it or eating it so when you have those two things if you find yourself cooking a lot more just because it's a place of comfort then maybe there's also more around to eat. So it goes hand in hand. But that activity is helping you and is good for you. And if you're feeding your body, like you said, what it wants and just accepting the different waves that it might go through, then we don't need to like feel bad about doing all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... I think people also punish themselves for emotionally eating. Like a lot of people take comfort in food. I would argue most people probably take comfort in food in some way or another. It might not be the same for everybody. I am definitely one of those people. Like, I think not punishing yourself for, like, when you feel bad ordering pizza is, like, so important. Like, because it's, like, if that's going to help your mental health in the moment, then that is a good choice for you. That can feel like something that you have to actually, like, practice and, like, like train retrain your brain basically to be like we're gonna order this and we're gonna eat this and it's not going to be a bad thing that we're going to feel bad about right yeah I always one of the things that I've uh always struggled with is like I you know when that like classic of like if you don't have it in the house you won't think of it that doesn't work for me (laughs) I I don't know about you but like I don't have pizza in the house every day but I still think of ordering pizza every day I think about donuts so many times a day like that doesn't work last night (laughs) exactly right so like that kind of stuff like that mentality of like oh just don't keep it in the house and you won't eat it I feel like it's just one of those really restrictive mindsets and one of the things that I've actually been doing this year and of course it won't work for everybody and each everybody's path to finding a better relationship with food is actually having those things in the house like I'm not afraid and I don't feel bad when I buy a pack of Oreos at the grocery store anymore and all this kind of stuff so like that's actually helped a lot this last year just being like you know what I'm just gonna keep it in the house who cares who cares? If I want it, I'll eat it. If I don't want it, I won't eat it. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. And like for for me too, like food has really been uh, a comfort place, whether it's like making it for everybody in the house or it's just like 
yeah, I want to eat a bowl of Fruit Loops at 10 o'clock at night. And I can't, like, I can't even explain the butterflies that that gives me, like, as soon as I taste those fruity, <laughs> fruity loops that are so good. <laughs> and so every time I, I, tr- I eat that, I, I remind myself, like, this is so good. Why am I not eating this more often? Because I also, like, I have these serious squirrel tendencies where I'm just like, let's just save this food over here. We want it to last because, like, getting treats before was, like, so rare, right? But now I do all the grocery shopping, so. (laughs) You can make treats all the time. I don't follow that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is still good. Like, I have access to them all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm, that's all I'm eating, right? I think the balance of, like, then get, getting your body the nutrients that it needs right? yeah just I from th- like vitamins and we want to make sure we're yeah. not like getting unhealthy from that yeah. standpoint like i think people underestimate their body in its form to tell you what it needs like i am not necessarily like i'm gonna be honest i don't love a lot of leafy greens even as a vegan like i like kale it's so hard to eat them but like I don't like spinach like get it out of here I don't like not that I don't like the taste but like it just it's not something I enjoy like I literally I had spinach in the fridge and I was like how the heck am I gonna eat this I don't want it to go bad but like I don't want spinach but like I think people underestimate their body being able to tell them what it needs in that moment and sometimes what it needs isn't always gonna be healthy and some or quote unquote healthy but like I think people underestimate that it's like you know I could go a week of just like ordering takeout and it's fine but then there's one day where I'm like you know what I just really want some veggies and dip in this and like I think people underestimate their body's cues and the body knowing what it needs and what it wants in that moment and that includes mental health and physical health and um women's health for women like your menstrual cycle can also play a big factor into what your body is craving and what it needs in that moment all those kinds of things so like I think people really underestimate their body being able to give you those proper cues that it needs yeah and it's like you have to almost train yourself again to be able to listen to that at all right yeah because you might have just like unknowingly tuned it out so much and like attribute it to other things that you think mm-hmm. make more sense in your environment or in your circumstances or whatever. But like even going back to your opinion on spinach, which is like, <laughs> I, I love that you just said spinach, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but like this whole idea of smoothie culture. Like, oh, smoothie culture. Yeah, because I found myself uh, maybe a few months ago really, really wanting a smoothie in the morning. And my first thought was, should I put a bunch of vegetables in- into this so that it's like, oh, look at me sneaking in some secret salad and getting more <laughs> veggies without even knowing it. And then secret I was like, salad. this doesn't really feel like me or like what I actually want. So yeah. instead, I was like, I just want frozen fruit and some non-dairy milk and some orange juice and that's it. And I love it. It is so delicious. And I feel like I actually like that as part of my breakfast has made me feel better throughout the day. Yeah. I think it's the whole point of you don't need to trick your body into eating, into giving what it needs. You know, your body will tell you what it needs in that moment. And everybody's body is different. Like not everybody's body needs to pack their smoothie with spinach or kale or whatever. Right. So I think it's trusting 
what your body is telling you it needs in the moment, which is like an extremely difficult thing to do, especially if you are on social media at all. (laughs) Because you also have like an array of people who qualified or not will tell you what your body actually needs and like they have no right to do that (laughs) see that's the that's the freaky thing though right like the qualified or not part and it could be people who are like blatantly giving advice that should not or guidance or of any kind that should not be and are not qualified to be or it could be just people who because of their influence are unknowingly or like unintentionally giving people harmful advice just because they're showing whatever their habits are and that could be dangerous for somebody else right that was yeah that's one of the reasons so like this whole what i eat in a day culture type thing it's one of the reasons that like and i thought about this a couple years ago it's one of the reasons i don't like i enjoy watching what i eat in a days but it was one of the reasons i never wanted to make them because i was like i don't want to unintentionally give somebody harmful advice like I don't want to tell people that this is how you have to eat because it's not you can eat however you want to eat so like that's why like I find what I eat in a days like as much as I enjoy most of the content of what I eat in a days can see I think people underestimate the underlying effect it can have whether they intend it to have this negative effect or not right like I don't think anyone or I don't think most people intend to put out a what I eat in a day and shame people for their eating choices. I don't think that's their intention at all. But I think because of the world that we live in, like people are going to do it anyways, just because like the society we've grown up in, the diet culture we've grown up in and all that kind of stuff, which that's it's one of the reasons that I find like that I'm so hesitant to do what I eat in a day is because I don't want to give anybody any unsolicited advice because I am not qualified to give anybody diet advice. Yeah, I feel like we both kind of just feel that added pressure around those kinds of videos, whether it's giving people like bad misguided advice or even just having people criticize or look at our eating habits in like ways that we don't need to hear about because like this is what we wanted to eat this day and we don't need to apologize for that we're already telling ourselves not to apologize for it (laughs) we don't need to be saying like dealing with you saying it too right exactly yeah and i also so like speaking of what i eat in a day is one of the other like pretty toxic things that i've seen on tiktok at least I haven't seen them necessarily firsthand, but a lot of like dietitians I follow have like done videos about like the harmful effects of TikToks and all this kind of stuff. And it's people who do like what I eat in a days on TikToks, but they're what I eat in a days are like a thousand calories and like very, very like you watch what they eat and you're like, how are you even possibly one full but two satisfied? Like, like that's a big part of eating. I think people forget is that your body needs to feel satisfied for it to not crave even more things. Um, so like you watch these things and I'm like, wow, like I, it's the things that they don't think is harmful. And like, again, I think most of the people have also fallen, like it's because of diet culture that they're putting out things like this and they don't even necessarily realize it. But I was like, wow, watching this, like if you watch somebody who eats, I think there was one where they ate like that peppers and cream cheese in the morning they had like an apple for snack they had like a salad for lunch like all these really like low calorie basic things and I'm watching that and it's like there's nothing like no part of that video is shaming anyone else but I know there is some like 14 year old girl watching this being like oh my god I had 
bread is that unhealthy like should I this person didn't have bread and they look so healthy I need to cut that out and have exactly what this person is having and it's so dangerous right like if we compare like we talk about previous generations before us being so into diet and weight loss culture you know and if we if they had the access to everybody's lifestyles that we have now because of social media like we know so much more about what everybody else what each other are doing that it's like dangerous in a way because maybe we're not meant to know all these things because we're all living with different environments different circumstances Mm -hmm. different things that will work for us and but when you see somebody else doing it you just assume well that that will work for me or that's what I should be doing but because we're just seeing all this information we can't tell what we should and shouldn't be filtering or like reminding ourselves that doesn't apply to us yeah like I, I honestly couldn't imagine growing up now with the social media like as big as social media is now like when we were growing up social media was just kind of starting right so it was still trying to figure out what it is and it it wasn't necessarily this at the beginning like it hadn't turned into this like harmful culture right away and like Um, oversharing everything exactly yeah (laughs) and like I think I think like I think we like had a pretty tough upbringing in terms of like societal standards in in the sense of like we grew up in the 90s and early 2000s where like that really skinny white skinny body was the desired body and like we see that from like celebrities and all that kind of stuff in magazine covers but like I think people underestimate the damage of seeing it in normal everyday people like because at least before you're like oh they're celebrities they have all this money they can afford to do this all this stuff but then instead now you see it from oh your friend from home ec is doing it on tiktok why can't I do it and it's so scary yeah no that's a really good point like before we could say we know that's not realistic because it's Hollywood. It's celebrities. But now yeah. it's like, I this person lives in a neighborhood 20 minutes away from me. Like, I know that life. I feel like I know that life so well. But then, like, the flip side to this, I guess, is that there are also the very, like, brave and strong people who are putting out those other representations of what a body can and should look like that we would not have gotten to see before so there's a lot of strength and a lot of like positivity in that it's just that Mm -hmm. the other side is still has a lot of pull right yes well this i think whether or not like both of us have i think surrounded ourselves in our social media with those positive influences whether it's our friend christy or um this renegade love or the bird's papaya like going on and on there's so many great models for loving your body in the state that it is in it's another thing like as much as we're so aware of it it is still so easy to fall to the other side of it still even as we are actively aware of diet culture and like what it does and we surround ourselves with really positive influencers it is still so easy to see one person do something really toxic and like in your mind start thinking oh my god should i be doing this Do, do i weigh too much do i do this am i not skinny enough this this it is so easy to erase all the work you've done Mm-hmm. And even like the more time you spend on social media, the more you are presented with all of these discussions, whether it's about weight loss or weight positivity and embracing yourself. Like you're just, you could be constantly 
seeing that messaging all the time to the point where it's like it's hard for you to stop thinking about it and to just maybe just live your life without being like what is this food that I'm eating going to have this impact or my body is okay right now I need to be thinking about the fact that my body is okay like all of those thoughts can be a lot and can be very overwhelming to handle so I think too if you are just finding that a lot to handle from either side it's also just taking a step back from social media and like working on it yourself yeah and I mean I also like one of the reasons like if you look at what I watch on YouTube and social media and who I follow it's one of the reasons like I don't follow a lot of people that just share their daily lives or like share that like I don't really sounds harsh I don't care (laughs) And, like, I know that it can have a pretty harmful impact when you see, like, I don't think everybody should be sharing everything in their life. I think that's one of the things that people need to have more boundaries around social media is not everyone needs to know what's going on in your life. Not everyone needs to know everything. And, like, again, it's your choice if you want to share what you want to share. But I think a lot of people aren't doing it because they want to. They're doing it because their followers want them to or they know it'll get them views and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I kind of avoid that stuff and watch more, like, shows, quote unquote, like, sorted food. And, like, that's why I like to surround myself with, like, purely food content because I was like, I just want to keep human bodies out of this. (laughs) Just show me delicious looking food. Mm -hmm. And people being excited about that food, right? Just for, like, what it is. Like, we made something we never thought we could make or this tastes so much better than I ever could have dreamed of like those feelings to me oh my goodness like they are top ranking feelings in life (laughs) yeah like I want to see somebody talk about the taste of food and the experience of food not the nutritional breakdown of food and again I know there's a lot to like I think there's um, knowledge is good about understanding what what certain nutrients do for you and how they affect your body and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a healthy knowledge to have. But like when it comes to just good food, I just want to know how delicious it is. I don't need to know like how to cut out the oil and how to do this. Like I think there's so many like don't even get me started about the oil-free recipes. I hate oil-free recipes. (laughs) Um, But like I just think there's so much like little things that people don't realize are toxic or toxic might be a strong word but can trigger somebody yeah yeah exactly and because like even as we are have cooked more at home but like you watch cooking shows with chefs and you see the way that they use certain ingredients like oil or salt and you're like oh damn like they're adding a lot more than I would is that because I don't know what I'm doing or because I've been told I'm not supposed to do that but they're like this is what will make the food taste good so I'm like well why aren't I doing that all this whole time yeah like I think like I think people forget like so like one of the reasons restaurant food is so good is because there's a lot of oil and sugar in it like there's no hiding that fact but I've also never felt more satisfied from a meal than going to a restaurant Like you go to a restaurant, you eat a meal and you're like, wow, that was so good. And you're good and you're content and you just like that's good food. But then there's some food you make at home and you're like, wow, I want more food. That wasn't as satisfying as one. And there's a reason for that is because bodies crave satisfaction in food and fat and salt and like those types of foods and carbs 
are what satisfies a body. So when you take that away from it, your body is never, ever satisfied and just always wants more and always is thinks it's almost in this point of like, you know, I need this to survive. Give me this. So it always craves you just taking in food. Yeah. And you're like, I ate all of this, all of these other things that, but I don't feel the satisfaction or like the satiation even like you just don't feel full or satisfied and it just feels like there's a piece missing you know yeah because you've tried to cover it up with like a salad yeah the math doesn't add up there exactly right (laughs) it's like it's like people who are like i want a bag of chips but then have carrots instead you're like that's not the same thing I, I don't remember who it was, but I think it's like I like following dietitians too because and there's certain dietitians that I think do a really good job about it. And there was one that I was following. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about how, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I had deep fried cauliflower wings or something. You know, I feel so bad. And they're like, who cares? You had cauliflower. That's great. Like if it takes you deep frying, I'd rather you have deep fried cauliflower wings than no cauliflower at all. Because like, like people forget that there's sometimes you just need to add a little bit more fun to meet food to be able to enjoy those quote unquote healthy foods. Yeah. Yeah. Like just mess around with your vegetables. Do whatever you want to <laughs> do to them. Well, that's why like so Hutch and like he just genuinely enjoys this. He doesn't really like a lot of sauce on things. Like he's just not a sauce guy. He likes plain veggies, which I find so boring. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm making stir fries, like every once in a while I'll do it without sauce because it's like, oh, I'll just do this for him. And I eat it. I was like, oh my god, I just need something else. I don't want to steamed cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I have like a cheese sauce over this or something? Or <laughs> just dip it in some ranch. Oh, so good. Or buffalo sauce. Both. Oh my god, do both. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just like, I miss, and again, I don't think it was ever here in my lifetime being able to, and I think we're slowly starting to see it in little pockets, but I still think the negative really outweighs the positive still on social. And just in terms of its effect, even if you like surround your, again, even if you just surround yourself with positive influences, one influence can really trigger you and erase all the work you've been doing. Um, But I think we're starting to see little snippets of people just, bringing the joy back to food and it doesn't have to be this thing that you constantly think about of did I eat enough did I eat too much did I eat healthy enough should I have had that bowl of cereal like food should not be consuming your brain this much unless it's talking about oh my god that food was so good Mm -hmm. and I do think that that's also something that kind of draws me to Christina Tosi too because you just see someone get so excited about food and about like experimenting with different foods and not having these like standards about, oh, only got to use like the best ingredient to make this possible. Yeah. And it's it's nice to see that around food that most people would consider unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like expressing the creativity and being excited about even the science behind it, like all of that, it can bring us so much more... Uh, fulfillment and joy in our life than like counting your calories right yeah and I mean I think we'd be silly I know we're running pretty long already we're getting to that point but I think we'd be silly to have this discussion without addressing the very toxic diet culture that is in the vegan community too like 
it is one of the hardest if you struggle with like your relationship with food body positivity diet culture vegan the vegan community not going vegan not eating vegan but the vegan community is i think one of the hardest communities to be a part of when it comes to diet culture and maybe this is just because i have like firsthand experience with it but like from my opinion it is one of the most difficult because it is so riddled in health advice quote unquote and like this like idea that like if you're not healthy and vegan you're not doing it right mm-hmm. and that is such a bad message to put out there and even to the mainstream like i feel like a lot of non-vegans have this perception like oh i want to lose weight so i'm going to go vegan right that's still very much ingrained around veganism yeah and yeah it's just it's it's one of the things that you see like with like raw vegan style that kind of stuff and like if you're eating your vegetables cooked (laughs) you're not being healthy enough like it's just gotten to a point that it's just so it's almost comical if it was if it wasn't so harmful you would be able to laugh at it right and like it's like it's the no no oil movement it's the raw vegan movement it's all these things that are like you're not if you have acne you're not doing good enough if you have asthma if you have diabetes if you have this it's your fault it's because you're not eating healthy enough that is such a toxic mentality to have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're, i'm glad you brought that up because you're right like it is it's so soaked into veganism that i feel like both of us have like actively that's another reason we've like actively tried to withdraw from that side of veganism because like that just also doesn't really reflect the kind of food that we eat the kind of food that we make on our channel or on our blog it's not the message we want people to have around veganism yeah and like we see it from time to time even sometimes in our comments i remember this comment still sticks out where it's like when we did the deep fried portobello burger and somebody commented being like that's really unhealthy it's deep fried all this stuff and i was like so like no one is saying to eat this every day no one is saying to do like it's just like i was like you're literally commenting about a veggie burger being too unhealthy and i'm just like i just people need to stop like Mm -hmm. like if you don't want to eat it that's all power to you go ahead and not eat it but like the people policing everybody's food intake and like somebody being like that's too uh, too unhealthy you shouldn't eat it at all and i'm just like oh my good i just need it to stop (laughs) Mm -hmm. and because also what's going to work for somebody else one person's body isn't going to work for the other thing i think that's such a huge thing that just like fuels misinformation and the danger of misinformation across like a lot of health related Mm -hmm. things is like it's not cookie it's cutter. not a one size fits all exactly it's like there are always going to be so many different variables that will affect each and every different person so and you- honestly one of those and i think people underestimate this variable is just what you like and what you don't like there are some people that just don't like raw vegetables and there's some people that just don't like this and this and there's nothing wrong with that it's about finding food that works for you still mm-hmm like the only main difference that has that has like socially been accepted is this whole cilantro thing like we've just just, (laughs) like some people are just born to have it taste like soap and some people are not (laughs) yeah we've just accepted that in cilantro let's extend this to everything (laughs) that it's okay not to like certain food though i still don't understand how can you not like cilantro it's so good i'm so glad that we're both not soapy cilantros (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) but yeah i think i think people 
I think the vegan community has a lot of toxicity it needs to unpack and and the rest of society as well but I think I I think one of the reasons I can understand why people aren't vegan anymore for health reasons is because the community is so riddled with health claims and all this stuff like I hate to break it to everybody I still get acne all the time Mm -hmm. I still I still have asthma and I am vegan like I like it's just like there's so many things that I still have nothing changed all this kind of stuff and there will be people that saying because you're not doing it right but who cares it doesn't matter eat whatever you want to eat just make sure you're happy yes like like you said there's these high standards and the superiority complex that we see in veganism way too much and it contributes to you know, the health side. And it contributes to just being mean to other people. And it is a thing that will, like, deter people from going vegan or staying vegan because no one should have to worry about living up to these incredibly high standards that might not work for them because we're all going through different things. Yeah. And, like, don't even get me started about the fear-mongering behind soy. Oh, my Oh, my goodness. And, like, that's even, like, it's not even just uh, prevalent in like non-vegan communities the vegan communities also like the those those, like uber quote-unquote healthy vegans also peddle this soy is bad for you and will give men boobs and like all this stuff and i just like i i don't get it i just i don't understand Mm -mm. misinformation again yeah and like to be honest like it's I find accurate information is actually pretty easy to come by if you actually take the time to look for it. So to me, when I see people share this like disinformation and misinformation, it just feels so lazy that you didn't take the two seconds to look it up on the internet. Like the internet is a good resource when you actually spend the time to try and like find reputable resources and actual dietitians and medical professionals and science-based information. Uh, And like, I just... Like, I think social media has made us just really lazy in terms of research and actually finding accurate information. Yeah. And I think this is kind of just getting into the whole idea of like digital and internet and communication literacy that because all of this technology is so new, we haven't actually took taken all the steps to realize, oh, we need to be learning new things and teaching new things because all we don't really understand how all of these things are being harmful and are having all of these effects on our society because we have this new technology and all of these new things that are doing so much and so even when you come across a post about soy that soy is bad you have to actually teach people that when everything you see online you have to not take at face value right like that is actually something that you need to teach and you need to remind yourself of all the time because it's so easy to see something and be like I'm pretty sure this sounds like it could be right because a lot of things on the internet are really good at seeming like they could be right and and a lot of people are talking about it and this person that I follow shared it and this like you you rationalize a lot right so yeah and I mean confirmation bias will happen so quickly and so mm-hmm. subtly that you don't even realize that's what you're doing so I think as we I know lots of people are aware of these things, but it needs to be something that we are actually actively talking about and teaching more so that it doesn't keep spiraling out of control worse than it already is. 
And also, so before we like sign off, I would actually urge you to go through your social media accounts, go through who you follow. And if there's any accounts that make you feel bad about yourself in any way, and like there's again, when it there's like a certain level of discomfort that's okay. Like when we're talking about anti racism work, discomfort is okay to have. But like when it comes to toxic diet culture and things like that, go through your social media account and get rid of the voices that are causing you harm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with unfollowing somebody. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because all of that constant comparison that is so easy to do on social media will just make you feel unhappy so much. Like we're not meant to be comparing ourselves to other people on this many levels this often. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's our, our talk on diet culture. The who knew this nature cereal man just triggered me so hard. I still can't believe that uh, that wasn't a joke. I I just like the food trends that are coming out of TikTok right now. I can't handle them. No, no, they're yeah, they're harmful in so many ways. Whether it's like food waste or just like trying to be extra or just trying to not eat enough, it's all over the place. Yeah, I think we should end this podcast with, uh, Devin, what's your favorite cereal? Um, hello, Fruit Loops. But, like, <laughs> uh, find a version that doesn't have vitamin D in yeah. it. Well, whatever. Yeah. Vegan Fruit Loops. Yeah. So if you live in Canada, the President's Choice ones are accidentally vegan. And the Walmart um, Great Value brand ones are real good, too. Yeah, so look for the off-brand ones. Typically, they tend to be vegan-friendly or accidentally vegan. Yeah, they're like, we don't um, need to pretend to be nutritionally <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i i would argue you'd say fruit loops and or like a cinnamon toast yes French. oh that's uh, like again off-brand versions of these are probably the best cereals out there so go have a bowl of cereal on us can't wait <laughs> cheers it's celebration of uh trying to end diet culture <laughs> yeah except gonna we should have been eating a bowl of cereal right now <laughs> <laughs> missed opportunity <laughs> okay okay that would be um next week <laughs> Yeah. All right. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. If you want to check out any of our vegan recipes, they are at twomarkergirls.com or we are Two Marker Girls on YouTube and all of the other socials except for TikTok. Yeah, not TikTok. And like every time I think about like, yeah, let's do TikTok, then I see something come out. I'm like, mm, never mind. Right? I don't want to be on that platform. <laughs> it's like once a I week. Th- mm, no. Yeah. Ultimately, no. I don't think we'll ever be on TikTok, but. <laughs> We'll be we'll continue to go back and forth for weeks probably so. Yeah, don't quote us on this. <laughs> <laughs>